Hello, everybody. Welcome to Syracuse Basketball Postgame, presented by Krause Health, the exclusive health care provider of SU Athletics. Brent Axe in Syracuse, New York. Mike Waters, courtside in Charlottesville, Virginia, amongst many other things, the original home of the Dave Matthews Band. Didn't know if you know that, Mike. Syracuse. Did not know that. I should think of a clever Dave Matthews line here. I can't off the top of my head. I guess uh, Virginia, uh, the three-pointers uh, were the ants marching in this one as they throttle Syracuse in this game, 84-62. to Syracuse went from one of its best games of the year against LSU to really one of its worst against Virginia as it was raining threes in Charlottesville. That vaunted defense was there. But, Mike, that's really the story from this one. We know Virginia is going to play that defense, and they're going to get you in that vice grip, and Syracuse eventually did fall into it. But a season-high 84 points for the Hoos, and this team was raining threes. Was this the sign of a better offensive team or just a bad defensive performance from Syracuse? What would you see? I thought Virginia was incredibly efficient on offense. Uh, after a little bit of a struggles early on, they got going, and – when they see, you know, I talked to a few of the people that cover them down here. They, when they see the ball go in the basket and they make a few, and then they want to start setting those screens and they start really uh, working efficiently on offense. And, and that's what was happening. They they made the 12 three-pointers. That's a season high for them. Uh, you know, it, it, They shot over 50% from three-point range. The Isaac McNeely kid had a great game. You know, we expect to see good defense out of Virginia these days. Syracuse scoring 62 points is actually 10 over the average that Virginia allows uh, today to me, it was really the way Virginia played offensively that broke this game open. It really was. And there's that stat that you put out in your five things to know Virginia is like one eleven and two under uh, Tony Bennett when they hold teams under 50 points. And the fact that that's happened 113 times just speaks to what Virginia does. But to see that offense break out today, you brought up McNeely, Mike, this kid was red hot. He had a career high by halftime. Contested shots, uncontested shots. He was pulling out his Joe Girard impression, hitting one from the logo against Virginia. Not like it wasn't known coming in. This was, what, a 48% three-point shooter coming in. It's just Syracuse, uh, whether it was J.J. Starling or whoever was guarding him, just could not shut him down today. You know, the one thing about Virginia on defense is they rarely lose contact with their man. They know where their man is all the time. They also know where the ball is on the time. And Virginia, though, on offense today was getting those open looks for guys like McNeely. And that's when Syracuse lost either sight of the ball or contact with their man or both. You can't, you're not going to survive against good teams when you allow that many open shots. And it, the game kind of got away from Syracuse to me, not so much again on the offensive end, but it was really on the other end of the floor. Virginia played so well defensively. Uh, they were being efficient in how they were running their offense. But at the same time, you know, Syracuse did have defensive breakdowns there. And, you know, sometimes, you know, Virginia can create breakdown, breakdowns. You know, Reese Beekman's drives, you know, the ball movement. Uh, you know, Syracuse gets some of those breakdowns by Judah Mintz getting in the lane. We talked all season about how Judah drives and forces that defense to change and suck in on him or whatever they're going to do. Virginia, you watch them today, and you're just amazed at – the ball movement and the player movement. It's just, um, they're just, everything's going. It's like watching one of those rides at the fair where all the carts are going, like <laughs> and, you know, the players are moving and screening and eventually 
you lose contact with your guy or you lose the ball and there's an open shot. Mike, and it's funny. They're you know, so disciplined in the way they run their offense. That's the word. Discipline, precise, efficient, you name it. For a while, Syracuse was in this thing. For about 18 minutes, you look up. It's 17-17. They're hanging in there. From that point in the first half, Virginia went on a 20-7 to run into halftime, and then it took it, as you said, in the second half of this game. But for a while there, Syracuse was not turning the ball over. They were being smart with the ball. But as much as we're talking about the offense here, what this came down to, Mike, it was interesting. Judah Mintz didn't even get on the board until about four minutes to go in this game. So props to Virginia for their offense, but they still have the reigning defensive player of the year in Reese Beekman, and he really took Judah Mintz out of his game today. What did you see there? Beekman, 13 points, eight assists, didn't turn the ball over, and a great defensive performance on Judah. And at one point, Mike, Beekman even had to go to the locker room to get, I believe, his knee checked out a little bit, but then came right back out. Beekman is an outstanding defender, and he can do a great job individually on just about anybody in the country. But when they need to, Virginia will also make sure that there's always help, that there's other people there. And Judah was going up, not just against Reek Beekman one-on-one, he was going up against that Virginia pack line defense. And that makes it really hard on a guy that's looking to get into the lane and create. So, you know, I give credit not just to Reek Beekman, no offense to him, I please take this the right way. I mean, he's outstanding, but it was a team effort, I thought, in how Virginia was set out to defend Judah. The other thing, too, and I I think I put this uh, in my five things to know as well, in terms of, um, you know, Virginia's defense, they don't foul. And Judah's part of his big game this year is getting to the free throw line. And Judah as a whole, I mean, uh, Virginia as a whole doesn't foul. Reese Beekman doesn't foul. Reese Beekman today, played 26, 25 minutes, and committed zero fouls. Wow. And, you know, you know he's guarding Judah almost the whole time. And Judah, who's getting to the line, I think he was attempting uh, like a little over nine free throws per game. Today he went one for two. That's startling. So you you, you can't (laughs) get to the line. I mean, forget about just scoring and making shots. You're not even getting to the line. That can be very, very frustrating. And it shows how a huge part of Judah's game that has become. J.J. Starling did lead the way with 16 points. And, Mike, before we get some thoughts from our Syracuse Sports Insiders here, it's kind of a yin and a yang for J.J. We mentioned the struggles on defense with McNeely, but, you know, we saw a couple of threes from J.J. We saw him get to the hoop a little bit more. There were only two guys in doubles today, Malik Brown being the other one with 10 points. So even in the midst of of you know over a 20 point loss here and a discouraging day for Syracuse what did you see from JJ that you think could carry over and we could see in some of these future ACC games for the Orange I thought he got a little bit more aggressive and drove with some confidence I know he made the two threes listen he came into the game one for 18 on the season from three-point range so while it is nice to see the ball go into the basket from out there it's not something I'm going to be counting on for for the for the time being that's not the his main strength right now, but it's good to see the ball go in that that could help. And maybe he can get to the point where if teams do leave him open, he can make an open shot. But I thought the, the fact that he was, he was able to get in the lane and use his size and strength effectively, you know, the 16 points is. So yeah, if you're looking for a silver lining today, I think it's definitely JJ Starling. All right, Mike, we'll get some thoughts from you on uh, post game and what Coach Red and some of the players had to say after this one. But our Syracuse Sports Insiders chiming in at 
315-847-3895. That is our Syracuse Sports Insider line. And if you're not a Syracuse Sports Insider, you should become one today by texting the word ORANGE to that number. It's on your screen if you're watching us on YouTube. It's 315-847-3895. Dan says, when a team shoots 61%, is that bad defense or just hot offense? And I think Virginia certainly... Uh, was a little bit more of the hot offense part of it today, though the Syracuse defense, as Mike mentioned, maybe a little off the ball too much in this one, whereas Virginia's never off the ball, it seems, defensively. Kay says, I thought coaching today was a little suspect. Where was the press that got us a win earlier in the season? Kind of sad that Virginia has our number. Mike, there's a thought right there. Well, I'd, Did, I'd like to raise my hand on I was going to say, yeah, I'm sure that was brought up in postgame. There's a, a lot of difference between pressing Colgate at home versus pressing Virginia here. Uh, and a lot of coaches have told me this over the years. It's, you know, if you, unless you press all the time, uh, pressing on the road can be difficult. I mean, pressing at home, you get the crowd behind you. You get a turnover, but now everyone's on their feet and cheering, and there's a little bit more pressure on that team trying to get the ball over the, you know, half-court line. Try doing it here against Reese Beekman, Isaac McNeely, all these other guys. Virginia's got such a great ball-handling team. They don't even have to have the ball in Reese Beekman's hands to get the ball over half court. Um, really tough assignment uh, to, to try to press these guys here. So, you know, yeah, you can try to press them. Syracuse put the press on a couple times. One was an outlet pass for a layup. Um, as I look here at the basket to my right where the where the ball was dunked. Uh, so, yeah, it, listen, that's a tough ask. And uh, you're not going to come from 26 points down against Virginia here at, at the JPJ Arena. I see your point there. I still think they should have tried it. I still think it's one of those things that, look, Virginia was just, you know, the way that they were shifting into this thing, put Syracuse in the vice grip, coming out of it. But I, I still think you should have gone out there and tried it. I mean, if anything, not at Virginia, but pressing second half Virginia. I've heard that before. This is this is something that has happened in the past, right? Kevin says, I think this game, out of all the games so far, will stick with this team. They now see where they have to be, and it will eat at them. I think they start making big gains from here. David K says, got to get more physical on defense. They can spare some fouls, knock McNeely down once or twice, not to injure, but to get him thinking a little bit. How many times have we seen our snipers bumped hard? Jacob M says, even though he struggled, Judas saw lower than normal minutes. Even though he's struggling, he's basically our best option. Is anyone else going to score against Beekman? Also not sure that Justin Taylor should be getting as many minutes. He's fallen flat in shooting. But just like I said before, do we have any better options? And uh, Mike Justin was back at home at Charlottesville. Malik Brown from about an hour away from Charlottesville as well. And you brought this up in our last post game. You know, Justin's playing a different position right now. He's in a tough spot, you know, in terms of shooting, in terms of defense and, and trying to get through. It was mentioned on the broadcast today that Chance Westry could be a couple weeks back from getting into basketball activities, but we're still several games away, I would say, from seeing him back into this thing. I, a couple people brought this up, though, in the text, too, Mike. Just I think this team's kind of looking for that Robin to the Batman. Like, when Judah's not the guy, who's the one that steps up? J.J. did his best today, but did you see any other options that just, I guess, didn't kick in today in that department? You know, Syracuse has a lot of players who can have a good game, but they're not at the point yet where they're consistently able to do that. And guys that right now are in that category, I guess, would be J.J. Starling, Chris Bell, Justin Taylor. You know, all those guys can have a good game, but it's not there consistently. So, you know, if you're going with the Batman Robin theme, Robin was consistently there. 
Um, so you, you got to get to that point. And, and you know, listen, uh, all the guys we just mentioned are sophomores. And sometimes it can take a little bit of time, you know, for that consistency to come. Uh, you'd like to see it, uh, but it's, you know, it obviously, you know, none of these guys are quite there yet. I think one of JJ's problems was, is, you know, he had a couple of those injuries at Notre Dame last year. And I just, I just don't know if at any point in this season we've seen the J.J. Starling that we saw at the beginning of last year at Notre Dame before he hurt the knee and before he hurt the shoulder. So, you know, we'll, we'll see where he can go. But, you know, I expected to see, you know, a, that tandem backcourt coming into this year. I, I, I thought I really thought J.J. was going to be the, the Robin, if you will. Uh, maybe he still can today. Again, uh, like we said earlier, if you're looking for a silver lining, that's probably it. You know, as uh, JJ's performance. So, but you do have other candidates who can give you a game. And, you know, one other guy we haven't mentioned is Benny Williams. You know, and, and Benny played 17 minutes today. And so a little bit more time for a guy who's been slowly working back into the rotation, you know, after his suspension early in the season and after missing the Gonzaga game again. Uh, you know, how soon can they get Benny back to full speed? He came in today and he got a steal. He forced a turnover. All that was really good. He made a tough shot. Listen, nobody had a great game. But Benny did give you one or two little signs that, okay, you know, maybe maybe we can get Benny Williams back to the point where we thought he would be too. You know, when when last we saw him last season was that nice 17-point, whatever it was, eight or nine rebound a game against Wake Forest in the ACC tournament. Can we get that Benny Williams back? And it shows you just how young the season is still. It's December 2nd. Yeah, they snuck an ACC game in here. It kind of, kind of throws you off, but we're eight games in, and there's still a lot of things that have to catch up. Benny, in particular, as you mentioned, Mike, because he's a little behind the eight ball with the suspension from earlier. A couple more from our Syracuse Sports Insiders from David G., who says, seeing that th- this team has not been competitive right now against top 40 teams, Judah's not a threat to score with his outside shot quite yet. He is our offensive engine, though. Shut him down and Syracuse is done. And we brought up earlier, they didn't get to the free throw line today, and that can really affect his game. Now, I am Brent. This is Brent In. Real name, B-R-E-N-T-Y-N. I've been texting with Brenton about his fantastic name, and he texts in from Alabama. He says, what a tough team to play. Virginia had a ton of threes. If we have to play six or seven guys, that's fine, but playing too many players that aren't quite ready, he thinks Quadir focuses on looking good more than playing basketball. Quadir wouldn't play for a lot of teams on Syracuse in the past. Judah just got better in these games. J.J. still letting everyone drive past him to the lane. Some tough defense in the second half. Now, I'm going to disagree with that, Mike. I think Quadir struggled today. I don't think there's any question about that. Okay, he he struggled. But this is an energy guy. He brings some passion off the bench. I, I Quadir is not a guy that shouldn't be on the court, per Brenton's uh, text there. I think he's still learning his way. I still think I take the good with the bad with Quadir. I think he's the perfect player to come in, give Syracuse that lift off the bench there. This is a tough team to play against, though, when you can have your good and your bad moments, right? You have good Quadir, you have bad Quadir. Virginia, you have to be streamlined. You can't turn the ball over. So in the first half, when it's still tight, McNeely hits a three, then Quadir throws the ball away. All of a sudden, Virginia's up 24-18, and they were on their way, right? So that's what can happen against a team like Virginia. I still think that Quadir's got a big role on this team, but I get the point from Brenton as well that against a team like Virginia, it's going to exacerbate those kind of mistakes. 
every position, every possession matters against Virginia. Uh, with the way they, they they play a little slower tempo, so there's fewer possessions in the game. And because of the way they do play defense, if you turn the ball over, have a bad possession, you're just giving one away. And then, you know, I wrote it early in the uh, – not early in the first half, but in the beginning of that Virginia run late in the se- in the first half that they were on a 5 nothing run. I, I tweeted it out. I'm like, things are all relative when it comes to Virginia, folks. A 5 nothing run is – that's a run. Now, going back to Quadir, I'll, I'll push back a little bit. On a day when nobody really had a great game, Quadir had eight points, six rebounds, and two assists. If he can eliminate the turnovers, and that's what we've said about Quadir forever here, right? If if Quadir eliminates those turnovers, his line is nothing to worry about. In fact, his line is outstanding if he takes away the three turnovers. I mean, eight points, an efficient three of five from the field, six rebounds, he's your team leader. Rebounding, it gives you a couple of assists. You know, listen, Quadir's going to play. I, I I still think there is a a role here somewhere for for Quadir. Uh, and on certain nights, we'll see him more than others, uh, depending on what the other team has, who they have out there. You know, I would like to see him something. You know, at some point in the role of defensive stopper. I I think he's a good defensive player. Uh, not not quite the offensive threat that Chris Bell and Justin Taylor can be, but still. You know, I, there can be nights where Quadir is going to help. And, again, it's not like they're playing a whole bunch of guys here. I mean, they basically played eight guys, and Kyle Cuff got in late in the game for, the, like, the last six minutes. So they, they played eight guys. That's You, you don't want to go too much fewer than that, right? So, I mean, otherwise, we're back in the era of Jim Beheim only playing six or six and a half, and I right. got – and you got more people texting you that that's a problem. <laughs> that's the, the chief complaint we heard in the Bayheim era was it was only six or seven guys, right? Mike, any highlights from the post game? Anything Coach Autry or the players said that stood out to you? You know, not so much the players. Uh, you know, Red Autry, when we asked him a little bit about that matchup between Judah Mintz and Reese Beekman, he said it was more than just a one on one matchup. He said Virginia plays such great team defense. You know, I, I I love Red's got phrases. You know, we, we we talked about this after the the LSU game when he was talking about ball finds energy. And today's phrase from Red was that Virginia had ten eyes on the ball. Mm. When they play defense, it's ten eyes on the ball, and and he's really I think that really sums it up. That nails it with the way Virginia plays defense. They they are so in sync with each other defensively the same way really good offensive teams are in sync with each other that's the way virginia can be it's yes reese reese beekman is an outstanding on the ball defender but he ain't shutting judah Mintz down completely by himself um he's got help and it's it's just a defensive philosophy and the entire team has to play it otherwise you get a breakdown Mike, Syracuse was 5 of 20 from three-point range. Now, we mentioned Virginia, how efficient they are, how they move the ball. McNeely's feeling it. 12 of 21. They actually assisted on 21 of their 30 baskets. So the lessons you take from that, noting what you said there about what Autry said with 10 eyes on the basketball, but how did it go to you in the flow of three-point shots? Was Syracuse taking good shots, just a few not going in? Were they rushed? Was it just a matter of, okay, this game got out of hand and they had to take more threes than they thought? What, what did you see from the three-point shooting, an area that continues to be a consistent struggle for the Orange this year? I think you're still talking about a team that does not shoot the ball really well from three as a whole. And the guys that 
are supposed to be the best three-point shooters, Chris Bell and Justin Taylor, remain streaky. Uh, they went two of two of eleven combined from three. That's your your best three-point shooters. If they go two of eleven from three, you're not winning too many ball games. And not to say that this loss is on those two guys. There's a whole bunch of stats and stuff we look at, like you know, who who, who won you? Nobody. There weren't enough guys to win you this game the way it went. So I think you just got some guys that are still struggling through a period of inconsistency here. And you're just really hoping that at some point, you know, they, they hit that sophomore plateau and they're able to get up there and reach a level of consistency that right now is just just outside their grasp. But, you know, Chris Bell had a great game against LSU earlier in the week. And we've seen Justin Taylor have good games. Uh, but the, when the two of them combined to go two for 11, you know, again, you know, let's give Virginia credit. They know exactly who to guard, right? Yeah. A lot of Justin's threes and a lot of Chris Bell's threes were all guarded. You know, they're, those are tough ones. You don't get that open one that really gets you rolling. So we'll, we'll continue to give UVA a little credit there. Mike, any closing thoughts? They, they've, they've lowered one of the baskets here across the court, and uh, there's a, a, a little UVA fan trying to dunk the ball. And the, basket, <laughs> the, the basket's about three and a half feet high, and I'm getting to see a little kid dunk the ball. You're getting really some pretty. bonus action down there at Charlottesville. There you go. Got to love it. Any, uh, any closing thoughts before we let you get back to work down there at Charlottesville and get you back home to Syracuse? You know, Syracuse has put this behind them. Uh, they showed in Hawaii they were able to do it. A couple tough losses to Tennessee and Gonzaga. Yeah, you know, it was Chaminade. I know it was a Division II school, but you didn't have any time to think about it. You had to play right away. And then when they came home to the mainland, they played their best game of the year against LSU after having a little bit more time to, to recover. This time you're only going to have two off days. You get Monday, you know, Sunday and Monday off. You got, but you got a Tuesday night game against Cornell. I think that game is tougher than you think. Cornell's really good. I think they've only got one loss on the whole season. You cannot be thinking about this game on Tuesday night. You also cannot be thinking about next Saturday's game at Georgetown on Tuesday night. So they have to recover quickly and flush this game. Just just flush this game and get ready because you've got a couple games coming up this next week that you need to win. Mike, great stuff. Always appreciate your thoughts. Hope you enjoyed your trip down there to Charlottesville. We'll see you back here in the queues when you get back. And as you mentioned, we'll be doing this again Tuesday night after Syracuse takes on Cornell. Thanks, Mike. We'll see you next time. That's our good friend Mike Waters, ladies and gentlemen, courtside in Charlottesville. Couple more thoughts here before we uh, wrap up this version of Syracuse basketball post game presented by Crowell South. Great thoughts from you guys on the text line, and we also had a couple of voicemails come in that I wanted to play for you guys here. Uh, we will start with Tony, who chimed in from North Carolina. Hey, Brett. This is Tony from North Carolina. Obviously, the game is quite ugly. I honestly think the defense is a work in progress, and uh, I just can't imagine how they were they're not able to actually somehow get get around that defense to try to move the ball a little bit more and try to get more inside with it and uh, inside and outside. I uh, The defense is a real big problem for them this year, and it's uh, hopefully they can get that rectified. And until then, I think it's gonna be, there are going to be plenty of nights like this when they go up against quality teams uh, in the ACC and outside the ACC. We still have a long way to go. But anyways, thank you so much, Brett, and you have a good day. 
Tony, you do the same and appreciate you uh, calling in and uh, solid call, solid observations there. It's that balance of learning as a team, trying to figure out who they are. Like Virginia, you have guys like Beekman, you have experience, you have a team that knows where they're going, exactly what they're doing. And the minute you get off track, they're going to put you in that vice grip and they are going to close you down. If anything, I think this was a great ACC game to get off right away. I think if you play a team, look, LSU is a brand name power five team, but I don't know how good that team's going to end up being. If Syracuse had their way with them on Tuesday night, the way that they did have Mike mentioned after getting back from Hawaii of all things, it's a long season teams get better. They evolve. Syracuse has had so many good teams on the schedule so far. The key is how do you get better? What do you learn from those teams and learn right away? Because the schedule goes fast. You want to be patient in what you're doing with Red Autry in terms of the system he's putting in, what they're trying to focus on. But the schedule is unforgiving, right? You've got to get some non-conference wins on the board in order to be in the conversation for the tournament once February comes, once Joe Lenardi becomes a regular part of our lives again. So they were in this game for a while, right? But 18 minutes isn't going to cut it against Virginia. It's got to be 40. And even then, you're grinding right to the end. A couple more uh, voicemails from you guys here. Hey, Brett. They are completely lost. They don't know what they're doing on defense. They're not playing any defense whatsoever, and they certainly can't play any offense today. Short and sweet there in uh, recapping what uh, Syracuse did today. And then we had uh, this voicemail, which uh, let me play it. And now that we got rid of Babers, how many years do we have to wait to get rid of Autry? Just a disgrace. Okay. So lose the number. Seriously. We're eight games into the Autry era, and and those are the kind of voicemails we're we're leaving here. Look, I came from Sports Talk Radio. I love Sports Talk Radio. It would always be a, a part of me in a way, but that sounds just like a dumb caller on Sports Talk Radio. You guys are better than that. Don't leave voicemails like that. Come on. Give me a break. We're eight games in and we're leaving things like this. So, yeah, lose the number. I don't want to hear stuff like that quite at this point. Back to the text line we go, and Gabe, who says, what I saw was that Virginia kind of came out cold and not shooting great. Syracuse stayed right with them, which sadly gave us false hope that right before the half, the Virginia team we've all known and learned to fear came alive. Virginia with a win over us and ranked Texas A&M maybe close to cracking the top 25 where they belong on Monday. Syracuse can regain confidence with a win over Cornell on Tuesday and try to remain undefeated in the Dome. See? Intelligent conversation there from our texters at 315-847-3895. I'm stunned Virginia wasn't in the polls at this point. They certainly will be in the AP Top 25, I would think. You mentioned they beat a ranked team in Texas A&M earlier this week, and they're 7-1. and one. They're going to stand out. I'd be very surprised if they're not in the poll depending on who shifts in and out of the poll. I'll check out Donna's poll on Monday. She's an AP voter, but uh, they're certainly, if not this week, very soon going to be ranked uh, if they keep this up here. I wanted to check on Cornell a little bit. Mike brought up Cornell, a team that's better than you think. And, of course, we've seen in recent years that Colgate has become a viable opponent for the Orange, and Syracuse had to have that furious comeback to beat Colgate earlier this year. So, just getting the story a little bit on Cornell so far this year and what they've been able to do. They're 6-1, and one, and they are playing Lafayette this afternoon as we speak. So 
while we're uh, doing this podcast. We'll see what the result of that game ends up being. But the 6-1 and one to this point, they have wins over Monmouth, Utah Valley, California at Fulton. Their one loss was to George Mason. They beat Fordham. They played Morrisville State. They played Lehigh. So not exactly a murderer's row so far. Syracuse will certainly be the best team they've played so far when they match up on Tuesday. But a scrappy team that's got six wins on the board. And I don't think Syracuse can look down on anybody at this point. But this has got to be a get-right game at home on a Tuesday night. Georgetown is tougher than you think. Syracuse and Georgetown not only that rivalry historically, but recently Georgetown's won a bunch of games. Remember, Ed Cooley is coaching there now. It's on the road, and Syracuse is just not at the point where they can take anybody for granted at this point. So that's who's next on Tuesday at the JMA Wireless Dome. That's an 8 o'clock tip, by the way, and we'll have post game to follow as always here, uh, both live on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook, and, of course, subscribe to the Syracuse Sports Podcast feed as well so you can catch the post games on demand whenever you want and we'll end on this note here from the text line jim writes in to say folks are going to have to be patient with this team and with coach autry they will get there after the new year so there you go we'll end on a positive thought there from jim let me remind you about our syracuse sports insiders they were the first to hear that syracuse was finalizing a contract with new football coach fran brown he will be addressing the media on Monday. We'll have full coverage of that on Syracuse Sports and, of course, on Syracuse.com. We're doing post-game shows after every basketball game. As you've been seeing, our Syracuse Sports insiders, they get priority when it comes to getting their voice heard on this uh, podcast, on the post-game show. You can text me directly. I text you back. I'm going to ask a question, maybe two, in the Fran Brown press conference on Monday directly from our Syracuse Sports Insiders. It's been an incredible experience. We're less than a month into it. It's growing every day, and we want you to be part of the family. Just text the word ORANGE to 315-847-3895. You can try it free for two weeks, and then after that, it's just $3.99 a month. As we mentioned, priority on the podcast, direct access to me, exclusive thoughts from me, my first thoughts of breaking news. If I break any news, my first opinions go to our Syracuse Sports Insider. So become one today. It's been uh, a heck of an experience so far. We're really enjoying it, but a lot of room to grow. That is going to do it for this version of Syracuse Basketball Postgame. Syracuse goes from one of its best games of the year, a win over LSU, to one of its worst. Virginia knocks down the orange 84 to 62 the final our next post game show will come tuesday night after the orange take on cornell you guys enjoy the rest of your weekend okay we'll talk to you again next time